Tandem Nomads, episode 118. It's important to remember that nobody cares about your book more than you do. Nobody cares about your book more than you do. You're the only one who cares about uh, the success. And so it's up to you to celebrate all these milestones. And publishing a book is a huge milestone. I mean, there's so much work that goes into it. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to build and grow a successful portable business. This is your host, Emel Zeregi. I'm a marketing and business coach and your host in the show. And today's episode is all about how to sell more books and grow your audience. If you're a published author and struggle to increase your book sales, or if you are considering writing a book, this episode is for you. And if you never thought of publishing your book, I think this episode is still going to be useful to you because I would really encourage you to consider writing a book because books usually are, on top of being greatly rewarding experiences, they're also a great way to set your credibility in the field in which you are in your business. So it's all about helping you selling more books. And we know that today selling books is much easier than yesterday. It's more accessible to a lot of people, the normal people like you and me, but it's also really difficult to really make money out of it. But today we really want to help you do that, make a more strategic move about how you publish and how you sell your book online. So in order to discuss this, I have a great expert who's here with us. So Lisa Ferlin, thank you for being here. And are you ready for this ride? I'm so ready, Mel. Thanks. Fabulous. So Nomad Nation, for those of you who don't know Lisa, Lisa helps indie authors crowdfund their books on Kickstarters and Indiegogo and self-publish their books with style. So Lisa Ferlin is American living in Sweden where she moved with her husband and started her family. Her background is interestingly in public health. So she was a public health consultant for a while, but along this journey in Sweden, she developed her expertise in writing and publishing books. She is the co-author and publisher of her first book, Knocked Up Abroad, an anthology of global moms and dads, experience with birth and parenting across the world. The success of her first book has led her to launch her second one, Knocked Up Abroad, again. This time she, has the, she had the creative idea to finance the publishing of the book through a crowdfunding campaign using the, comp- the platform of Kickstarter. Since then, she has launched her consulting services for authors with, uh, who wish to self-publish and crowdfund their books. So you can find all her great insights and tips on lisaferlin.com. So Lisa, I really tried to summarize your background. You have such an interesting background and uh, well also needed support for authors that I know a lot of them, a lot of people are starting writing their books. It's one thing to write a book. It's another thing to then publish it and manage to make money out of it. So we're going to discuss that. But uh, before we start talking about selling your books, I would like to know, um, you know a lot about self-publishing and publishing because you've tried both routes. And I would love you if you could tell us before we go deeper into how to sell, what is for you the biggest difference between self-publishing and publishing a book and what criteria should we consider to go one route or the other? Well, in for both routes, I think you need to decide whether your book is profitable or not, whether people are going to buy your book. And it's one thing to 
self-publish a book that's your dream and that that is your own personal goal, but then you need to hedge your expectations and not expect to sell a lot. Uh, So you have to do market research before you can go down either route, really, ideally. If you're looking to make money, uh, you have to make sure you can write a book that's going to sell. Yes, that's for sure. So we have to set the expectations, I guess. Are we like going to make money with with writing a book or is the book just going to be a marketing support for our business? And I think that's mainly the difference with novelists and self-help books, etc. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It can uh, publishing a book can really establish uh, your expertise in your field. If you are a small business owner or an entrepreneur, you can really put down all of your knowledge and experience into book format so that people can consume it that way. Uh, so it really does add to your portfolio of services and offerings that you can give to your clients. So it definitely helps in that way. And uh, how you do it and what your ultimate goals are for publishing your book will change the approach you have in terms of marketing it. Yeah. Well, how about novelists, people who their job is to write stories. So what would you have to tell them when they make that decision? Novelists are very different because it's creative and there's a huge market for escapism and fiction and diving into books and escaping the real world. So I think that the the marketing of that gives a a better opportunity to be even more creative and have more fun with what you're doing. Uh, so really the, the options there are limitless in terms of how you reach your audience and how you engage with them, uh, depending on the genre of your book. But yeah, you can definitely have a lot of fun with different genres of fiction, for sure. Yes, definitely. So here at Nomad Nation, we, we jumped into the topic right away because we have so much to cover. I would have loved to discuss more about Lisa's amazing background here, but we have a lot to cover. So so what we decided to do, Lisa and I, is to divide this episode in three parts. Like the first part is all what you have to think about before you write and publish and start selling your book, during the promotion time, and once you've published and started promoting it, how do you keep living with this book and keep the interest for it once it's done? And so we're going to discuss that. But I want to, Lisa, I want to discuss with you something off the bat here about that we were talking about now about self-publishing versus publishing. Let me know what you think about this because I've been working with a few authors, helping them build their marketing strategy. And for me as a marketer, the most frustrating part is not having that transparency of the data, of the information. Even when we have a publisher, it's really hard to get information of who's buying our books and, um, and, you know, and who's actually doing what for the promotion let's say we have a publisher. Let's start with that. Um, I don't know what you think about that, but I was always expecting from publishers to be able to help the author, you know, promote the book and, and do something. So what's your take on that? What, what should we expect from a publisher if we decide to go the publishing route? If you have a traditional publisher, I think they will they will give you a shot in the first sort of month, the first 30 days of your book launch. Uh, so you have to really bring your A game for that first 30 days and activate your network, which you should have uh, made a case for during the whole the whole proposal process. So you should have your network ready to go and ready to pounce on this book, either pre-ordering it or ordering it when it's released uh, to prove to your publisher that you do have a book that sells and an audience who is willing to read it. I think if you don't make a big splash in those first 30 days, they're going to, they have to move on to other books who they're, mm-hmm. you know, and other authors who need their help. So I would really recommend pushing and upon first release to make a big splash. So what's the advantage of a publisher? 
instead of self-publishing? Publishers do so much. I mean, they do all the heavy lifting in terms of formatting the book and editing, and you have access to the best editors and it doesn't cost you anything. So it costs you your time and energy and effort to market, which you'd be doing anyway. Uh, But it doesn't, you're not paying for the editing. You're not paying for the cover design. You're not paying for that. That's good to put it out there. And uh, the downside, I guess, is that you get a much smaller cut of your book. Yes. <laughs> yeah. so, so I guess you, no matter you have to consider that. What, do you, what are you ready to do? Do you want to make money out of this? And are you, are you ready to self-publish on your own? Because that's a lot of work. So it, it's a lot of factors to consider there. But in any case, no matter if you decide to go with self-publishing or publishing, one thing for sure is that you will always help have to be involved in the promotion of your book. So in any case, this episode is for you because you cannot just uh, give up on that part. I know that a lot of you are creative people and you have your expertise, you're passionate about what you're doing. Marketing might not be your big A game and your big thing, but in any case, if you want to make it in this field, you need to give it attention. This is why we're here to help you, Lisa and I. So what do we do before launching your book. So let's start with that. Um, uh, Lisa, I I know that you and I talk a lot about the importance of building your tribe around your book and Nomad Nation. I'll send you some uh, links on the show notes of this episode, which are all about how to create your um, free content that helps you grow your audience. This is super important as an author, but also the importance of having a very clear niche and building a tribe around the book that you're writing. So this is really, really important. We'll, we'll discuss how to do that. But I want to hear from you, Lisa. What do you think is the first thing to think about before publishing a book? Well, definitely, as you mentioned, uh, creating and growing your audience. So you can do this a lot of different ways. You can do this with blogging, where you're, you are engaging and talking with your audience through topics that they're interested in. And uh, you can find new people not only by growing your own website, but by guest blogging on other websites that are related to yours and your topic, so that you're tapping into their audience as well and getting them on your newsletter list um, through all the, the tips that you mentioned in terms of offering freebies and free content or content content upgrades. So it really is getting to know what your audience is interested in, uh, what their issues are, if they're having issues, and then really speak to that and make sure your book answers all those questions. Yes, definitely. So today we're not going to go into big details, but we have a great gift for you, Nomad Nation. If you go to tandemnomads.com slash 118, Lisa will be preparing for you a great list of marketing strategies 10 marketing strategies to be able to promote your book and we'll list them there. But today we're going to discuss all of them and you will have a guidebook there to help you really go deep dive, deep dive into it and look at it. So tandemnomads.com slash 118 for more details about that. But definitely creating the audience. You mentioned guest blogging, which is a great, great tip. Being uh, present on social media and being consistent. As you know, um, Nomad Nation, I always insist on the importance of consistency you need to blog every single week and be present as much as you can. And um, I want to know, what do you say about that, Lisa? One of the biggest objections I have about this consistency is I don't want to bother people. <laughs> to that. It's not bothering people if you're doing it meaningfully and if you're putting out valuable content. I think that uh, as long as you focus on doing the best job that you can and putting out high quality content, uh, you're not going to, you're not bothering anyone. And if anything, you're going to develop a loyal fan base of people who will keep coming back to you because you keep 
putting out stuff that they want to read or what they want to listen to. Uh, so yeah, you're not bothering anybody <laughs> by creating good content. Exactly. And I think yeah, we have to keep in mind that we need to trust people that they're big enough to make their own decision. If they don't like what you're doing, they'll just go. So, and that's the way you want it to be. You want to have people who really love your work. So the only way you can grow your audience is really by being consistent. And I think that once a week is the ideal way to do it in terms of creating your own content. But the rest of the week, you have social media to also connect with the rest with your audience. So really make sure to know who's that tribe and what is that niche. And again, in the show notes, I will share with you the link about how to find your niche and how to create consistent content that helps you grow your audience. So you're going to be able to deep dive into that. Uh, but please don't say that you're going to bother people because if you really believe in what you're doing, if you do it in a meaningful way, you're actually actually supporting people and inspiring them. And if you don't do it, you're taking that away from them. So just realize that I think that's really important is the key. There's another strategy, Lisa, maybe you can tell me more about it. But I love when authors share with us their journey of writing the book. So did you have that any experience about that? And can you guide us how you would do it? Yeah, I think readers love seeing the behind the scenes look at anything. I mean, anybody does, right? Like we, we like to take a look and see how something comes together. And uh, that was what I did during my Kickstarter campaign was that backers got a chance to interact with me during the actual production of the book and influence things and get the first peek at the book cover, the cover reveal, and all of that fun stuff that you can offer to make it more interesting. And you can do this without crowdfunding, of course. Uh, but yeah, I think giving them a chance to see what it's like, how much work is involved. Um, a lot of people have no clue how much work goes into a finished product. They just sort of buy a book and they look at it and they know they love it, but they don't understand all the steps that you went through to make that happen. Yes, definitely. And, and it, it is content. So if you are blocked by wondering what to share, what to post, share that journey and share how you're doing that. The, for example, Lisa, you had an amazing story with that book cover that you submitted to a mom for uh, uh, so you're writing now an exciting book let us Tell us about that book, by the way. <laughs> uh, I'm working on a children's illustrated book called When the Clock Strikes on Halloween. And it's super fun. And it's meant, you know, it's my first children's book. And uh, I shared just uh, some uh, illustrations with my newsletter for people who signed up to get news about the book. And uh, I got great feedback. And I said, you know, show this to your kids and let me know what they say. I'm really interested to hear. And this woman responded, oh, my daughter has this comment about this illustration. And I was like, you're right. I didn't even see it. I didn't even see that the pumpkin looked a little scary. Uh, from my eyes, it wasn't scary, but to this, this kid it was. And I'm like, oh, okay. And so I worked with my illustrator and we changed it and sent it right back pretty quick. And uh, the woman was like, this is amazing. You just asked my daughter for feedback. You then implemented the feedback. Like, of course, we're going to buy your book. Of course, we can't wait to share your book. And so you just generate this... Uh, really meaningful engagement with readers and you develop this loyal fan base who are, they feel invested in your book. They feel like they are a part of it and they're a part of creating it from the, the beginning. And it just really is a way to involve them that, that nobody else does. I mean, this doesn't normally happen. Books appear on Amazon and people buy them. It's rare to involve the reader in the actual creation of the book. So it's a, it's a unique approach to doing it, but I think it's a really meaningful way. And I, I enjoy developing 
these relationships with the readers. That's fantastic. I love that story so much. And, um, and you know, there's another thing that Lisa did is to actually reach out to her newsletter, her, her mailing list and her contacts and say, listen, I'm creating a VIP list to whom I'm going to share my journey of writing this book, which made it very exclusive. So uh, can you tell us about how you did that? Yeah. I mean, I just created a new list and, um, you know, I have my existing newsletter people who may or may not be interested in getting the news on a children's illustrated book. So I, I wanted to separate out, but I also wanted to have people, you know, opt in specifically. And, uh, these are people who are interested in getting that behind the scenes look. And so I feel like I can share more of that with them in a way that isn't done publicly, um, because not everyone's interested in it. And some things you don't want to share publicly, you know, some of your failures or things you may not want to share publicly. Uh, so I think it's an interesting way and, uh, something to offer that's different from what other people are doing. Definitely. So it just requires that you have a bit of an audience to be able to do that. So if you don't have one, I would say share the backstory, backend story, the back of the, the, Vaccines, behind the scenes, yeah, the behind the scenes. Thank you very much, and uh, so that's a great way to do it before. So we're still in that phase before you launch your book. So there's one more thing about that is crowdfunding. Crowdfunding is an amazing way to not only um, you know fund your book but also promote it before it's launched. So can you tell us a little bit about the principle of crowdfunding, uh, and and then we'll go deeper about that. Sure. So with crowdfunding, the idea is that you uh, will collect a little bit extra money um, from a lot of people. So you say everyone pitch in X amount of money and you get the book and some extra rewards. So when someone buys their book, your book on Amazon, they just get the book. Uh, but with crowdfunding, you get to offer extra things like either your time or um, you can include the ebook for free or you, you can do a lot of things. There are a lot of rewards you can, you can offer. But the idea is that you're offering reward levels and people support your campaign to help fund the creation of your book. So what you can do is uh, set this up on either Kickstarter or Indiegogo and uh, people support your book and help bring it to life. Yes. That's the that's the high high level concept of crowdfunding. Yes, exactly. And um, by the way, Nomad Nishin, Lisa is the second time that she comes on the show, and she already deep dived with us on how to do self publishing and how to do crowdfunding. So I will send you to that link in the show notes of this episode so that you can really learn in details what crowdfunding means in self-publishing. Uh, and on tandemnomads.com slash 118, we'll have this, um, this guidebook that you can download with more tips to promote that. But would you agree, Lisa, that with crowdfunding, before we start doing that, would you encourage people to start first building their audience to be able to make, to take the most benefit of this tool? Yes, absolutely. So unfortunately, a lot of authors try to crowdfund before they have a crowd <laughs> and it's in the name. Uh, but I think that it's a misunderstanding that crowdfunding on a platform, you will attract attention of the platform. Really, it's like anything else. Um, you have to direct your audience to the platform. So um, you have to have an audience who's ready to buy your book. Uh, simply posting a link up on Kickstarter isn't going to automatically fund. There aren't people just sitting around waiting to give you money. Uh, you have to make the compelling case for why they should be a part of your project and uh, then ask for their support. Yes, fantastic. So 
Final word about before you launch your book, I think uh, Lisa and I would definitely encourage you to create your audience and don't shy away from keeping the fact that you're writing a book secret and wait until you're sure you're going to do it to share it because this is what happens. It's like, oh, what if I fail at it? Then I have shared with the whole world that I wrote a book and it didn't work out and I gave up. If you're committed to writing this book, know that also sharing it is an amazing way to get accountability and support it and build your audience. So please make sure to build your audience. And if you already have a book, it's not too late, by the way. It's not too late. So make sure to grow your audience. This is really key. And we'll share with you all the resources on tandemnomads.com slash 118. So now let's go to the second part. While we are during the launch and the promotion of that book, take us, Lisa, through what are the key steps you think we should really think about when we are in the middle of that promotion? Well, let's say you're in the first month of your book launch. You really want to cast a broad net and be everywhere. (laughs) Be as many places as you can be. And so that requires researching uh, bloggers who have your target audience in mind, uh, podcasters, um, try to get the attention of the local news. So your local newspaper or even local TV, they may want to feature you as a local author. If you are writing about a social impact issue or something of uh, relevance, of current event relevance and importance, um, lead with that. And I would just pitch as many people as possible to get that external PR going and uh, just keep doing that and get in front of as many people as you can during those 30 days of your book launch. Yes, definitely. And I think that also requires a bit of market research before you launch your book and just write it down. You need to know the people, the places, and the other books in your field that talk about the same topics so that you can trace where are the people who are interested in your genre and in your type you know, your type of audience. So really important to do that research so that once you, and create a relationship with them before you launch, by the way, so that once you launch, it's easier to pitch because you already know them. So a big tip here, make sure to create your relationships in a meaningful way. Follow these people who are in this field, comment on their their content, build this relationship, go to their events before you have to launch a book and before you have an ask to make, that's really important. I don't think, um, I think you'd agree with me, Lisa. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say you can go one step further and send them an advanced copy of your book and ask for a reader review or something to put either on the cover of the book or in the interior of your book. Um, If this is a person who's an established expert in your genre or has a really popular New York Times bestseller author, uh, reach out to them and see. They do these things all the time where they read manuscripts and then offer a a one-sentence blurb or a four-word blurb about your book. And that, that can go a long way in terms of marketing and establishing that external credibility. That's exa- That's an amazing tip. That's a great tip. So do you think would, would the people do it easily? What, what should we do in the right way so that we get this uh, re- reader review? Um, well, again, like you said, follow these people on social media, engage with them in a meaningful way. And then when you reach out to them with this idea of saying, hey, can I, I have this manuscript, would you be willing to read it and or read an excerpt of it and uh, provide this reader review. And then you just have to let it, you just put it out there into the, into the void and see what they say. And I think you'd be surprised that a lot of people say, yes, sure. No problem. Happy to. And they follow up. 
Exactly. You lose nothing by just trying. So this exactly. is really cool. Great tip. So how about uh, the importance talking about reviews? I think during the promotion, it's super critical for the ranking, especially on Amazon, which is one of the biggest platforms to sell books. You need to have reviews. And um, so what are the strategies you would do to, to like increase the number of reviews when you're in, in the middle of a launch? So I would say, you know, structurally, when you're looking at your book, um, when you're selling, let's not worry about hardcover books right now or paper paperbacks. Let's not worry about that. Let's just focus on the ebook. Uh, you should structure your ebook such that you know at the end there's usually acknowledgments and you thank everyone who's been involved. I would move that to the beginning of your ebook, and you can even make it so the reader doesn't even see it, uh, because what happens is um, Amazon when you're on Kindle and you swipe to the end, it automatically pops up a bubble saying, you know, what did you think? Leave a review and people can leave a review right there. But if someone doesn't swipe to the end of your ebook, they never get that prompt. Mm. So make the end, you know, the last chapter is the end. So when they finish the book and they do one more swipe, bloop, there's the reminder. If uh, you end your ebook with a bunch of acknowledgments, someone may never keep swiping and then never get that. So that's just a little tip to structure your ebook in a way that helps helps That's facilitate right. more reviews. You have to leverage every review possible um, and make it as easy for people to leave a review as you can. So I would say, you know, also reminding people, sending out requests in your newsletter. Uh, you can have a widget on your website saying, click here to leave a review. You know, have you read and loved this book? click here to leave a review and that directs them to your Amazon page. Oh, that's a good idea. So do you have any names of widgets you would recommend for that? I just created a, an image and then hyperlinked it to my oh, book yeah. and then uploaded it in the widget. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, so very important. That's a re really good idea to have it right in your website to get people to, to leave a review, but also use your social media, use your newsletter to make that ask. You know, you've been promoting, you've been sharing great content with your audience. If they are your fans and your tribe, they will want to do that for you. They might even be offended if you don't ask them. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure to like leverage that work you've done in building your audience and your tribe at that moment because that's the moment where they're there to support you and I'm sure want to support you. So that's really important. So don't underestimate the importance of reviews. How about the more traditional ways, Lisa, to promote a book? We have readings and, uh, and things like that. So is, do you have any tips regarding that? Uh, well, in-person readings are great um, just to make those in-person connections with real people. And uh, it's always good to have someone take a picture of you at a reading so you can share that on social media for people who weren't there in person. It can be tricky to get people to come to an event. If you know event planning, it's very complex. And so you have to promote that you're doing this in-person reading, um, just like you promote any other event that you're doing. So try to get as many people there as possible. And uh, then of course, you know, leverage, leverage as much as you can and talk to people and thank them, thank them in person for being a reader and take pictures with them, sign their books, do a, a short reading if you feel comfortable doing that. And uh, yeah, just have fun with it. Thank you. Have fun. <laughs> And that's really important, actually, to thank people, to make them feel, um, you know, appreciated, but also have fun with that. And I think the fact of taking pictures with your readers and, and asking them to share it on their platforms, by the way, and using a hashtag, for example, so that that hashtag leads to more people and you can really measure. We'll talk about measurement that's going to be important, as difficult as it is with sales books, but um, book sales, sorry. 
So very important. I would say, you know, um, I would also add, you know, while you're writing your book, and if you are an author and somebody who loves a book, you should know of some book clubs around you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of people who self-organize themselves into small book clubs. So you really want to create connections with those small book clubs because sometimes those small platforms are can go a long way because these are passion. If people take the time to see each other on a weekly basis or monthly basis to exchange their feedback on a book, imagine, you know, what it's going to be for them to have an author who comes to their circle and, and speak. So you want to use that small, even if it takes more time, it might be a really good way to build really meaningful relationships and be in direct contact with your audience. That's really, really important. And I would say if, there's other platforms, bigger book clubs, there are bigger events, and that's also a great way to go and ask them that a lot of event planners are looking for speakers. So mm-hmm. uh, as long as you are authentic the way you approach and really are clever also about how you approach them, and by the way, I can maybe put the link of the you, me, us strategy, how to pitch an idea. I will put the link there. But um, And finally, if you don't find any of these two things, I would say if you don't find an event, create it and make it fun, make it a party. I see a lot of authors launching their books and not doing anything about it or their websites and not even making it an event. You need to make it a party, make it a cheerful event, share it with your own friends, with your network. And if you don't find a platform, actually, even if you find a platform, I would say, organize a big party, even if it's in your own home, have people come and serve champagne and make pictures and create an eventful um, thing around it. It's very important. Don't just go, go under the radar about this. Very important. Uh, I don't know if you see that, Lisa, but I've seen so many book authors going launching and just like nothing happened. Yeah, I think it's, um, it's important to remember that nobody cares about your book more than you do. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about your book more than you do. You're the only one who cares about uh, the success. And so it's up to you to celebrate all these milestones. And publishing a book is a huge milestone. I mean, there's so much work that goes into it. So you deserve to celebrate. You deserve to throw yourself a party and don't feel bad about it at all. Treat yourself. Treat yourself to a fantastic dinner. You can even host a, a dinner with the author, maybe, and invite people to that. And uh, you know, treat treat these people to a nice event or a dinner or something, and just really you know, use that as an opportunity to celebrate this huge milestone in your career. So well said, Lisa. Nobody cares about your book than yourself. If you don't put it out there, nobody will do it for you. So you need to get out there and celebrate that energy. You know, there's something that happens when you're happy. Other people are happy for you and they will spread their energy. So don't shy away. I think that's the biggest message I want to share about this second part during the promotion. Don't share away. So the first one was create your own tribe before you start launching and make sure to have consistent content. The second one is just use every platform to continue relationships and don't shy away. So let's say now where you're launched and I think that's the toughest part is once you're launched and once the buzz is gone, how do we stay relevant, you know, after a year, two years, three years, because that book you want it to be sold on a continuous basis. Yes. So how do you <laughs> it do that? To get dusty. And you're like, oh, <laughs> exactly. Here. So tell us about your tips, Lisa. What would you recommend to do once all that crazy phase has passed? And how do we stay relevant on the long term? 
Right. Well, I think that it's important not to let things sit. So you can always revise your Amazon sales page copy. So how your book looks, the marketing messages around it, and uh, the more reviews you get on Amazon, you can even look in those reviews and see what people are enjoying about it and use that in your copy, use that in your marketing messages. And and I'm not just saying use the actual testimonial. That's great too, but use those words or those parts of the book that people are saying that they're enjoying uh, because if they, that's exactly what your audience is telling you. So it's actually almost easier in a way once you get going and have all these reviews to get insights as to what readers are liking about your book so you can customize and modify your marketing messages to to be more tailored to that. So in a way I would say, you know, revise your Amazon sales page every 6 months or so. See oh, that's important. See if it changes. Um, the keywords are going to change so if you're running ads on Amazon which I encourage encourage you to do, uh, send paid traffic to Amazon. Um, you know, there are different keywords and they change in their rankings and they change in popularity depending on what people are searching for. I use KDP Rocket to analyze uh, what keywords are hot and what keywords are competitive so that I'm not competing with, say, chicken soup for the soul or something, but I'm using some of the, the key keywords in case someone is looking for chicken soup for the pregnant soul, they'll find my books too. Mm. Uh, so it's really important to see uh, what keywords are relevant and competitive and then use that in your, in your advertising. Yes, very important. So KDP Rocket, you said? Yes, KDP okay. Rocket. And it's available. I, it, for me, I think it was, I don't remember the exact cost, but it's a one-time fee for the software. And then uh, Dave Chesson, who runs Kindlepreneur.com, he continuously updates it. And so you're always getting uh, sort of the latest version of software. And of course, there's tons of tutorials for how to use it and um, how to use it in your Amazon ads. Fantastic. So I would highly recommend that. Fantastic. So Kindlepreneur is the founder, basically. And I think he has content on a lot of content on how to yeah. learn to make the benefit most of Kindle. So that's Absolutely. another thing to, to check out uh, Nomad Nation. Uh, so I'll put it on the show notes of this episode. Thanks for those tips, Lisa. These are really cool things to mention. And I, I do also want to encourage you, like Lisa said, to consider Facebook, um, Facebook ads too, by the way, but yeah. Amazon ads, because at the end of the day, it's Amazon who rules the, the, it's Amazon who's ruling the world of the book sales and you need to be on the top of that list. So the organic way to be on top of that list is obviously tr sending traffic to your page. It's having enough reviews, but at some point there's a lot of competition out there. So uh, Amazon ads is the best way to actually make sure that you're on top of that list. And uh, do you have any uh, recommendation of where we can learn or even get the ads done? Sure. Well, I think that the types of ads that you want to run will differ by genre. So the tips that I've gotten from Kindlepreneur are not really good for children's books. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with a children's book author who um, sells 100 books a day on Amazon. And so I'm learning from her. That's Lori Wright. And I can send you her information as well. And um, so because she, she works with children's books, and I want to make sure that, you know, the marketing messages for parents who are buying children's books is different than adults who are looking to read either mm -hmm. self-help nonfiction or are looking to read sci-fi fiction books. So it really depends on your genre. I would also say that you can do a lot of this on your own just by looking at uh, the campaign page copy of New York Times bestselling 
books in your genre. So look and see what information do they have above the fold? Are they putting uh, reader reviews in their copy? Like what, how long, how many words are they using? All of that information. You can glean a lot. It's still, it still is a mystery because uh, it's hard to see everything that's happening behind the scenes. Um, but at least then you can model your page after, after a successful page. Yes, definitely. So I love that you mentioned that. And that goes back to that important phase that I always hammer <laughs> your nomination, the research. research. Your research. Even as an author, you need to do research. And in order to apply Lisa's tip, you need to have done that research of what are the leading books in my genre and what are you know what are the strategies they're implementing? Because you want to learn about what's working. And for that, you want to see in your field what's working. Because as much as we can give you general advice here. It's very important to go and dig deeper into your field, your specific area of expertise. How is it done there? So that research is important. Um, uh, I want to talk about also um, the importance of continuing to to create that audience connection during that long phase. Um, is there like a frequency you would recommend to talk about the book or promote it or a way to promote it without being overly salesy? Because I know that's a big concern for a lot of you here. <laughs> yeah, well, I think you can, you can always keep, you know, blogging um, about relevant topics or things that are slightly related to the book and then invite people to continue reading. Uh, you can start to excerpt the book more and more if you want um, and provide excerpts on third-party third websites um, and say, this was an excerpt of this book, you know, because if people enjoy an excerpt that's a sort of article-like, they're probably going to want to read your book. I would just say, um, honestly, the best way to sell one book is to start writing another. <laughs> I don't think you can be done with just one. You have to keep going. Um, and yeah, you have to keep going and start the process over again and really build up your catalog of the books that you offer because readers want more than one. They want more, they want more, they want more. Um, and so the best way is to keep going. If I I had to do it over again, I would have taken my two books and split them into three and wow. then released, released them over, you know, a 18 month period. Oh, that's smart. So what do, what do you think that's the way to go? Uh, well, for, for my books, they were anthologies, so they're quite easy to break up. And um, I could have done them in smaller bites than I did. I, when I wrote the first book, I really thought this is it. This is my one book and I'm done. Um, and I had no idea it was going to turn into more. So I think people like series in groups of three. So if you have something that you think could be a series or if your word count is really big, like 180,000 words or something, you have to break that into manageable chunks. Uh, and so I would, I would break it into, into three books and then release it either every three months or every six months or whatever you think your marketing plan can sustain. Yes, definitely. I guess with a novel, it would be difficult, but uh, with self-help books or anything that has different pieces, that's a good, that's an interesting idea. I like that. And um, so what about, um, you know, you did something that I found really interesting uh, with the Knocked Up Bar books is that you you redesigned the covers to revamp it and like you said, undust it. <laughs> <I did. laughs> so, so that could be a great strategy. How did you do that? Yeah. So I, I got to a point where I was running Amazon ads and I was getting a lot of impressions, which means you can, you can analyze how your ad is performing on Amazon. They actually give you a ton of information. And um, the number of impressions is the number of times people saw your ad. And then you can see the number of clicks. 
and I just wasn't getting clicks. I was getting a lot of impressions, which meant that my keywords were good. Um, and I was reaching people, but I wasn't getting clicks. So it means that they weren't enticed by the cover generally mm-hmm. is what it means. A lot of people are seeing, not a lot of people are clicking. Uh, so wh- what's going on there? Well, then your cover is wrong. If a lot of people are clicking, but not buying, then your copy is wrong. So the copy you're using to entice people to click is not working. Um, so you can analyze sort of what the problem is there. And uh, after doing you know, this authorship business stuff, I have more money to invest in cover design and um, found uh, a designer who I really enjoyed and asked him to redo my covers. And so it just gives it a fresh look. Uh, It looks different. It's a different brand and it may appeal to new people right off the bat just because it's different. So, um, you know, people get, they get used to seeing your book cover over and over again. And then when you hit them with something new, they're like, wow, okay, this is a new book. Um, and it's also a fun marketing thing to share. Look, here's my new book cover, check it out. And so that's one way to do it. And you can redesign your book cover as many times as you want. Some books, some of the classic books, they've been through redesigns like 10, 15 times over the past 20 years. Um, depending, you know, Emily Bronte's books have been through a million designs. So it, it, it's really, um, a marketing strategy as well. That's a fantastic strategy, I think. And did you see a difference once you looked at the click rates? And Yeah, I think, yeah. <laughs> my, my Amazon ads now perform quite well, so I feel good about it. That's amazing. So you see, so Nomad Nation, consider that if you already launched a book and, and you're struggling to sell it, think about redesigning the cover. That's honestly the cover. There's a reason we call it the cover. It's the first thing we see. So yeah. if that's not enticing, then it's not going to lead to the clicks. Talking about the clicks, I want to talk about tracking your numbers. That's super important as an author. As hard as it is, I I would say you need to bug your publisher if you have one. Bug him as much as you can because they will see you're really into it. Uh, But if you can't, try to make your own uh, own figures. Uh, So there's different figures you want to look at. I want to start from a marketing perspective. Um, for me, the biggest number you want to focus on that you can control is your mailing list. You want to grow your mailing list. That's the secret of growing a tribe and an audience of readers who are engaged and, and, and like we call them in marketing, the super fans. So you need to have that focus in growing your mailing list. And um, I, I, will, I already mentioned it, but there's an episode where I teach you how to do that. I will put it in the link about how to grow consistent content that grows your business and your audience and in there I tell you about different strategies to grow your mailing list but you want to always give something for free in exchange of people downloading it and giving you their email and it has to be something uh, meaningful sometimes some authors do like the first chapter of the book that could be a way to grow your mailing list there's other ways I don't know how Lisa how you did grow your mailing list Uh, Well, I had an opt-in on my blog and blogged for a long time before launching the book. And then also, uh, yeah, now I have a free uh, chapter. It's not the first chapter. It's like the eighth eighth chapter or something. And so um, people can read that chapter. And uh, and then I've gotten actually a lot of people commenting back to me via email with that. And so it's been really um, positive. So I recommend doing that. Yes. So that's, that's actually something that is important to highlight when you blog every single piece should have 
an opt-in. So the opt-in is that link that you put in so that people can download a piece of good content in exchange of the, their email. So you need to have every single piece of content, even on social media. You want to put that link and promote that link of the downloadable um, item you have to offer. It has to be valuable enough so that people want to give you their emails. So very important. So that's one thing to track is and focus on that you can control is your mailing list. How about the other figures, Lisa, that you think is important to track? It's very important to track your Amazon bestseller rank and take a look at that. And you can access this on uh, authorcentral.amazon.com. So when you, regardless of who you are as an author of a traditional or self-published, you create this account and then you can look at your book sale rankings. You can look at your author rankings, um, which takes into account all of your books and how they're selling. Uh, So you can take a look at that every month and you can also see how you're tracking from you know the the first moment you publish to to now to present, um, so it gives you a snapshot. It's not going to that ranking is not going to tell you how many books you're selling, um, but you can kind of glean improvement from there if you're how if you're ranked one million or if you're ranked five hundred thousand. You know that's obviously an improvement. Yeah, but don't you get a notification every time you sell a book? No. No, you don't. Okay, so <laughs> no. how, unfortunately, no. How, how do you get to know then? Besides the money you get, I guess that's the way to track. No, what goes so into your account? I I publish through KDP Print, and I am able to look at how many eBooks I sell and how many uh, paperbacks I sell through KDP. So I can look at the the sales lag generally two to three days, uh, but it's pretty near real time. So that's a benefit to self publishing over working yeah. through a publisher. Uh, Cause you do get to see exactly, okay, my marketing effort this past week, I sold 20 additional books that I didn't sell the week before. Um, so you can gauge what's working and what's not um, as well as running ads. You can see exactly how many books are selling from those ads. Okay. So are you saying that when we have a publisher, we can't even access our account on Amazon? If the publisher puts your book on Amazon, they're, designated as the publisher. So no, you can't, I don't believe you can see that those behind the scenes dashboard of sales. They, they have access to that, but you do not. But you can always ask, right? Sure. <laughs> I don't know if they'll respond to you, but they, yeah. so but for me, that's a big downside that I see of publishing, to be honest with you is, um, so maybe if, if you can't put the time in self-publishing, sometimes it's better, especially if the publisher is not known. Obviously, if you get if you get into a big publisher, there's no, you know, it's a no brainer. So we're more talking about smaller publishing. If they can't really, uh, I know that it's a big, big thing to be published by a publisher. And it's for me, it's always surprising that we have to actually fight to get into through the doors of a publisher. But uh, if they're not doing the job of selling it properly for you, then maybe you want to reconsider, you know, start first of all, a new book. (laughs) But, and if you don't get into a big publisher, then you want to consider self-publishing. I would definitely, and Lisa has great, great insights for that. I'll make sure to share that with you. She's an expert in self-publishing and you want to check out, you know, all the tips she has on that. Okay, so that for me is really difficult. So let's say, let's just take it, it seems like when you self-publish, you can track better, right? So tell me what are the things, so you had KTP print, Mm -hmm. uh, and you also have your Amazon account that I guess gives you some analytics when you have your own, right? Yes, yeah, so that that helps give you uh, an overall tracking of your your performance on Amazon. Now, 
it's always, I mean, we're selling books off Amazon as well. So you need to track those numbers. How many books are you selling? Are you selling to bookstores? Are you selling in person? Are you selling on your website? Uh, there's a lot of other ways to sell books that aren't just on Amazon, even though Amazon's the biggest. Um, so I would track that and you want to, you want to do this monthly, ideally. So you can track what's working, um, keep track of your ad spend and um, how many books you net each month. So you can track your progress and stay, stay motivated. Yes, definitely. That's really important. Let's talk about staying motivated. I think being surrounded with other authors and exchanging on their experiences, yeah. that's really important. So make sure that you're not alone in this um, and, and that you surround yourself with people who know about these things so you can exchange your tips and your insights about your experiences. Um, there's one more thing that I would love to talk about is how to leverage Goodreads in order to continue that relationship with the audience. What are your insights about that? So Goodreads is is actually owned by Amazon. I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, um, they are where readers hang out and they trust the reviews from Goodreads. So getting a, a really positive Goodread review, getting building a relationship there and establishing um, legitimacy there with those readers is so important for your credibility in terms of selling more books on Amazon. Uh, and just like any platform, the more you put into it, the more you will reap what you sow. So if you are constantly updating your to-read list or your reading list and letting your readers know what books you enjoy reading, um, that's another way to engage with them. Uh, you can also have uh, like author chats where they communicate with you, sort of discussion board style. Uh, so yeah, there's lots of ways to engage with readers on there. Now there's one, some, some people do Goodreads giveaways where they actually give away books. Um, but I would say don't do that. I would say um, leverage a giveaway that you manage through your own social media or your website mm -hmm. where you can get the emails of the people who actually have your book in their hands. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can follow up with them and nurture them and get them to leave a review. Okay. So is there a place for, so I have two questions here because you highlighted two important things. For Goodreads, is there a place you recommend to go learn how to use it best? Uh, you can just... To start using it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, just, it's like a social media platform. Yeah, right? it's, it's another, exactly. It's another platform for you to find books, um, leave reviews. That's really huge. I think just being part of the community is leaving reviews. So reading other people's books and then leaving really smart, honest, authentic reviews. Um, the more you do that, the more people will leave reviews exactly. for your work. It's exactly the same system as social media. The it's all the are, same. Yeah. yeah. The more you're engaging authentically, the more that will come back to you and people will be interested in you. Exactly. Uh, but you can also connect with those who left a review for your book and keep that relationship with them because who knows, you know, you might have another book coming out. So don't give up on those relationships and keep that relationship with those who already left you a review. Exactly. So that's important. There's another tip about, um, uh, you know, putting things on sale or free. Can you tell us about that strategy to push the sales? It's more like promotional times. Uh, how do we do that? And how do you recommend to do it the best? Sure. So I don't know how to do this unless you're self-publishing. So this is for self-published authors only. Yeah. Uh, but you would mark your ebook as free or take advantage of one of Amazon's free days. You get up to five free days on Amazon. Um, and then market that. So really promote it heavily. Let everyone know that your book is available for free for download only for 24 hours and drive as many downloads as possible um, at that free price. Because when a reader buys your book for $0, it counts as a verified 
purchase. So when they go back and leave a review on Amazon, it'll say verified purchase next to their review, which gets weighted heavier uh, in Amazon's algorithms. They'll, they'll value it more. Um, and so therefore it counts more. So the more free reviews you can get, the better it is. Um, and that's really the best strategy for it for doing free, something free. And you need to really get it out there to as many people as possible because um, only about 3% of people will actually leave a review. So you have to really get hundreds and hundreds of people to download your book. Yeah, so there's two good advantages to this method is number one, your your statistics in terms of uh, you know how many downloads you got and the reviews. So you want to yeah. push that. But for that to work, again, you need to leverage your audience and your tribe and your mailing list Make sure to pre-announce it that you're going to do it so people are ready to press the button and tell them in advance it's only going to be available for 24 hours and then you follow up with a request for a review to make sure that people do leave a review. So that's a great, great tool to rank up on Amazon, but you need to work with it. It's not just clicking that button that in it you know, yeah. run on its own. <laughs> no, no one will notice that your book is for free. You have to point people. And there are some really great um, Facebook groups that talk about free eBooks. So find them, work with the organizers, tell them your book is going to be available so they can promote it within their group. Um, there's always readers who are looking for free books. Uh, Reddit has a great community, cheap or free eBooks. Um, there's, there's tons, there's tons of places where you can go to promote uh, your free eBook on that day. Yeah. Will you mention that in the in the guidebook? Those kind of uh, some examples of groups to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, fantastic. So Nomad Nation, to get that, go to tandemnomads.com/slash/118, and you'll be able to download your guidebook with all these tips and even more insights to be able to grow your audience and sell your books. So we've been talking about a lot of things here. I can't believe we just did that. And uh, is there anything you th you'd like to add on all the, besides all these tips that we shared? Yeah, I would say just don't, don't ever stop. <laughs> There's a lot of work involved in, in all of this and it's easy to get overwhelmed, but I would say like, don't, don't stop. Once you've done it, go back, keep tweaking, uh, keep experimenting. Uh, your audience is always changing. Social media is always changing and uh, you have to keep trying new things and see what strikes. And you never know. I mean, you may create a silly video and the next thing you know, you see a huge spike in book sales and you're like, I have no idea how these two are connected, but they are. Uh, so yeah, just make it as easy as possible for people to find your book. And once they land there, you keep them there and you they just make it easy for them to click buy. Yes. And don't shy away, Nomad Nation. You have a beautiful gift to share with the world. So I know that authors are usually the most humble people on earth, but it's not not being humble to share your book. It's And the opposite is actually being selfish, I say, because you have something that a lot of people might want to have that you're taking it away. So the key message here is don't shy away and just put the work that it needs for the world to know about it. So thank you so much, Lisa. This was amazing. Thank so you. <laughs> I would love you to tell us briefly what's up in your world. I know you're so active right now. You're having all these courses uh, to help self-publishing, crowdfunding, but you're also launching your own books. Give us a bit of a, an idea what's happening in your world and where we can find you. Oh, well, you can always find me at lisaferland.com and I am very active on Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there as well. Yes, I am currently 
planning my Kickstarter for the children's illustrated books. I'm trying to practice what I preach in terms of making sure that all of the work is done before I hit launch so that my audience is primed and ready to buy. But as you know, it's a ton of work and uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes effort that goes on. So I, I have been busy doing that. Uh, but yes, I have a course, uh, The Beginner's Guide to Self-Publishing, which walks you through exactly how to uh, set up your book and do this, all this market research that we're talking about so you can do your print on demand book and get your book to market super easily. And then I also have uh, the crowdfunding for authors course, which is super comprehensive and takes you from zero uh, to becoming a crowdfunding expert. So if you are interested in crowdfunding on Kickstarter or Indiegogo, I would highly recommend that course. And it comes with a 40 minute strategic session with me, uh, which is an added bonus for doing that. So I have been busy with clients and helping authors. And recently I just broke raising over $100,000 on Kickstarter Indiegogo. So that was my goal. Wow. And we broke it. So I've helped, <laughs> I've helped authors really um, raise over 100000 So I'm really proud of that and happy for their success. That's huge. Congratulations, yeah. Lisa. You Thanks. are rocking all your world. So Nomad Nation, please check it out, lisafrolin.com. She has some amazing resources there for you. And on tandemnomads.com slash 118, um, more specifically regarding how to sell your book. Uh, it's been really, really amazing to do this with you, Lisa. Thank you so much for sharing your amazing uh, expertise on this topic. Thank you. This is so much fun. It's so fun. So Nomad Nation, one more thing before we say goodbye. I would love it if you make sure to, you know, subscribe to this podcast show if you're listening to it on the podcast app of your phone. Uh, that will help more people find it. So if you could just press subscribe, the button, it's all free. And, all it and the big advantage for you is that you will be able to receive every new episode automatically on your phone. You won't need to search for it anymore. So I can't wait for the next episode with you and stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.